Five more minutes. This week I do not have time to record five more minutes, but I'm doing it because not only am I committed to it, but it has been so fun to flip through my Bible. If you know your Bible well, flipping through things like First and Second Chronicles is actually really encouraging. Not because of what happens. It's not great, but because of the steadfast love of God. Solomon prays this in Second Chronicles when he's dedicating the temple. O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth keeping covenant and showing steadfast love to your servants who walk before you with all their heart, who have kept with your servant David, my father, what you declared to him. You spoke with your mouth and with your hand have fulfilled it this day. Second Chronicles covers a great, great deal of time. And what I just read to you, you can read a slightly different version of in First Kings 11. And one of the things that's interesting and it, at times can bore us about these sections of the Bible is when they're almost identical. But that should encourage us that the writers of these books, who we don't know for sure who they were, there are all sorts of theories I won't get into. Buy a study Bible and it'll tell you all about those. When their accounts match up so closely, it's yet another reminder that the Bible is verifiable and true and consistent, especially in the ways that it claims to be. Second Chronicles is um, the story of mostly Judah, but also Israel to a lesser extent, from about 931 BC to about 586, when the nation of Judah was exiled to Babylon. And then the decree of Cyrus, uh, king of Persia, sends them back a few years later. The very end of Chronicles, in some ways, um, explains the book. Chapter 36, verses 15 to 16. The Lord, that's the personal name of God, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, until there was no remedy. A terrific example of this um, is in Second Chronicles chapter 18, where the prophet named Micaiah is both hated and celebrated. So Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, was really good at making allies with the northern kingdom, and they remembered that they were related, and they would uh, ally. They would become allies for different purposes, and sometimes that went well, and sometimes it went oddly, and sometimes it went very poorly poorly with respect to ships, well with respect to the conclusion of this, but Jehoshaphat allies himself with Ahab. And if you remember Ahab or catch the reference um, to other great works of literature, you know that this is not going to go well. But it's a strange, incredible scene in chapter 18 when they ally and Jehoshaphat says we should inquire of the Lord and lots of prophets say, it's fine. And then they inquire with Micaiah, and they don't like what he says. And Ahab is like, he's not going to say anything good. And he doesn't say something good for Ahab, but he ultimately says something good for Judah. And even gives a picture of the heavenly court. Micaiah says in verse 18 of chapter 18, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. And this is after he had already spoken the prophecy. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. And all the host of heaven standing on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab, the king of Israel, 
that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead. And one said one thing, and another said another. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord, saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, By what means? And he said, I will go out, and will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets. And he said, You are to entice him, and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. And this is bananas, because there was already this scene with hundreds of prophets lying. And Micaiah is explaining it from the perspective of the heavenly court. And we have so many questions. But the purpose of this, as the purpose with every prophecy, this is not the whole purpose, but the primary purpose is to draw people to repentance. And at this moment, what was supposed to happen was uh, Ahab was supposed to repent. But he doesn't. And someone goes and he hits Micaiah, just like on the Oscars this week. And it, it doesn't go great because... The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. So while it doesn't go well for Israel, it does remind us that God keeps his Davidic promise that we receive through Jesus, a descendant of David, who will not turn away from the Lord, which means that we are eternally secure in him. Those of you that are not big Bible readers, I encourage you to read Chronicles because it's sad, but reminds us of the natural state of the human condition. Those of you that have read it, I encourage you to read it again and be encouraged about the steadfast love of the Lord. Mm -hmm.